We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome inside Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm Alex in this video. So this is sort of going to be my recap of the Titans game. Um, I know Steven and Tyler are doing their episode tonight, just recapping everything from the Titans game. Uh, and I wish I could be on that episode. But unfortunately, I am flying today. Well, fortunately, I do want to go back to America after school. Um, so yeah, I, I am flying today uh, at night. So I will not be available uh, for the podcast, but I did still want to talk about this game because it was a big Chargers win and it was kind of a season defining uh, performance in a lot of respects. The Chargers obviously get into wild card positioning uh, as the sixth seed, which is important to talk about. So I didn't want to be off of the podcast tonight and just not not have an outlet to speak my piece on this game and, and talk about as much as I can. Uh, I might leave a couple things out because I sort of am in a rush to eventually get to the airport. But I do want to talk about everything that I can think about in this game. Nonetheless, if I forget about a couple things, uh, please forgive me. But I do think the most important thing to start with is uh, the biggest story from this game, which is that the Chargers are now officially in the sixth seed in the AFC. So I did a video previewing uh, the game where I, I sort of talked about uh, the playoff machine and all of the outcomes that could come true. Uh, and the Chargers got the optimal scenario, if you want to call it that. This is the the Doctor Strange. There was one possibility, you know, from Avengers, right? Uh, so the Chargers are now the sixth seed after Miami loses. The Patriots lose on what is one of the funniest plays I've ever seen uh, in terms of Chandler Jones trucking Mac Jones uh, and the Lions defeating the Jets and Zach Wilson as well. So now the Chargers are in the sixth seed and currently would face Cincinnati if the playoffs ended today. But more importantly than who they're playing, because that could change at a week's notice, um, I, I think that the Chargers finally getting into wildcard positioning and finally getting a couple breaks to go their way while they win. Um, that's huge. And uh, particularly because of how this, you know, has shifted their playoff odds too. I think the Chargers, if you looked before the Miami game, they actually had a 32% chance to make the playoffs after beating Tennessee and Miami. Their odds were predicted predicted to go up to 66%. Uh, but now their odds have actually jumped to 80% on the NYT upshot, which tracks you know all the teams and, and all the outcomes of games. But 
you know, the AFC East has now taken a backseat because now the Jets and Patriots are now full game back of the Chargers and the Chargers have tiebreaker over Miami, uh, which is why they are the sixth seed right now. So can't overstate how big the two wins were that the Chargers got as well as they help. They also got and, you know, the reason that their playoff odds are so high now with three games remaining is partially the difficulty of their schedule. Don't want to let, let me let me knock on wood here. They should get through the next couple games with relative ease. I hope that they win at least two of the next three, finish with six or seven losses if they can, you know, win all four or sorry, win all three. But I I do think the number to clinch a playoff spot, uh, maybe even by week 18 uh, or before week 18 is ultimately seven losses now uh, with the outcomes of the Jets and Patriots games this week. So, yeah. Big week for the Chargers in terms of their playoff odds. And so this is not something, as I said in the uh, pregame bit that I did, that I expected when they fell to five losses or or fell to six losses. Uh, These Miami and Tennessee wins are absolutely massive for them. And they have big playoff implications for other teams too, not just the Chargers. But the Titans are now only one game ahead of the Jacksonville Jaguars. uh, And they play in week 18, I believe, as well. And another reason this is so big for the Chargers as a whole is you look at New England, Miami, Buffalo, you know, that whole AFC East division. There's still, I think, three games uh, between those teams to still take place. Uh, I believe the Dolphins and Jets play. You have a Bills Patriots game in there. Uh, I believe the uh, I think the Patriots play the Dolphins at some point again, too. Uh, So there's still a lot to go on in the AFC East behind the Chargers now. Uh, But the Chargers firmly now in control of their own playoff destiny, which is a huge story uh, from yesterday. Uh, The other thing that I want to talk about now getting specifically into the game uh, is just how the whole thing played out. Um, You know, I want to say first with Justin Herbert, this is the best, some of the best throws that I've seen Justin Herbert put together. Um, It reminded me a lot of, of course, the Giants game with the color rush last year where he hits that big throw to uh, Jalen Guyton. Today, it felt like the big throw was to Mike Williams, and it just felt like that throw was so effortless, so perfect. You can hear the thud as it hits Mike Williams' chest. Um, Just an awesome game, I think, from Justin Herbert. And yeah, he had two interceptions. One of them was illegal batting, though, and an interception that probably shouldn't have even been counted. But the officials were like, this happens so infrequently that we don't know what to do with it. Uh, The one to Bayard, where he stared down his receiver, was pretty bad. Uh, But overall, not Justin Herbert's best game, but I think in terms of the offensive circumstances around him in this game, we'll get to Joe Lombardi in a minute. um, You know, I thought that this was overall pretty good performance, not not a performance that will vault him into MVP contention or something, but kind of very akin to his performance against the Dolphins with the added interception uh, that he threw to the Bayard in this one. But overall, I think pretty good game from Justin Herbert which is, of course, where we start. Uh, I do want to get into some general numbers that I have. Uh, So these are courtesy of Arjun uh, and PFF. Uh, Filer had three pressures allowed. Salier had two. Zion had one pressure allowed, one sack. Pipkins and Lindsley with zero pressures. Um, And the story on the offensive line in this game absolutely has to be uh, Trey Pipkins. I mean, you just sort of look at how different this game was because of not a Foster Sarrell not playing. Trey Pipkins is in, uh, and you could see that he was healthy this game. 
uh, and that made a huge difference in terms of how the Chargers were able to just go down the field because it just was such a struggle in the Dolphins games, in the previous games that uh, Cyril started, like the Niners game as well, for the Chargers to get any relative momentum with how Jalen Phillips and Nick Bosa just exploited that mismatch the entire game, right? And so for the Chargers to have that good of a game from Trey Pipkins has, you know, obviously signals his development this season. He's back from injury, um, and that's very lucky for the Chargers to have, especially going down the stretch here and ultimately going into the playoffs. Um, so Lindsley also has a good game as well. Uh, I think Zion will get some hate for giving up the sack this game, but overall I thought this was a really good game from him too. Only gave up that one sack and one pressure. Filer, probably the worst offensive line performance in this game, if you kind of keep the numbers here. Three uh, pressures allowed, and the, you got the one called holding penalty at a pretty critical juncture. Um, so, yeah, I did not think that this was the best game for Matt Filer and, you know, sort of signals what the Chargers may do with him next season, which we've talked about um, on this podcast quite a lot. Uh, getting to the defensive line numbers, which I think are really good. Khalil Mack, five pressures. Kyle Van Noy, three pressures. Rump with two. And then you have Tranquil, Fox, Callahan, and Gaziano with one pressure each. I uh, got to say, I loved Gaziano doing the Italian finger celebration uh, or the Italian hand gesture celebration after he got the sack. But uh, overall, really good game and just a really good effort from the defense following up. I think the question was, was there a performance against Miami more specifically about Brandon Staley exploiting that matchup and and how much he was able to counter Mike McDaniel's use of uh, Tyreek and Waddle and that offense. And, you know, I think he following that up with a really good performance this week against Derrick Henry in completely different circumstances, um, you know, sort of signals how Brandon Staley, at least on the defensive end of the football, has been uh, a top 10, you know, defensive coordinator, I think the last two or three weeks uh, this has been this was a really impressive performance from him, especially given the circumstances. No Joey Bosa, you know, no Derwin James uh, in either of the last two games. And, you know, for him to string together these two performances with a, a really, you know, kind of overall not great defensive line and overall, you know, some sometimes good high variant secondary for him to get these kind of performances uh, out of these players, I think has been really good. This was Kyle Van Noy's best game uh, of the season. His best game as a Charger, for sure. Uh, you think about uh, Kenneth Murray, too. I, I got to shout out Kenneth Murray. K-9 earned the name K-9 in this one. Uh, you know, he had the great pass breakup that kind of led directly into the Drew Tranquil sack. So I thought that that was awesome to see in this game. You do have, uh, I, I do. I will mention the SJD, uh, Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray confrontation that happened on the sidelines for those who watched on TV. Uh, this was, I believe, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Drew Tranquil talked about it post game and just said, you know, people got fired up. They were talking about, uh, you know, alignments and, and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, obviously all these guys are super passionate. So it didn't seem like there was anything to really take away from that scenario in a bad way. Um, but yeah, overall great performance from the defense. And it felt like a really, uh, great effort in terms of there really isn't one defensive player you can call out in this game and was like, Oh, that guy was bad. And usually that guy kind of is Kenneth Murray sometimes, but for him to play well, this game for the linebackers at the second level, to particularly have a good game in this one. Um, and, and to be able to sustain Derrick Henry 
at the first and second levels mostly and not let him get to the third level as much with Derwin James absent in this game. Um, I just thought it was a really, you know, uh, constituted effort from the whole team. So I, I thought it was a really just impressive game as a whole for the defense and hope that Brandon Staley can continue these performances throughout the season because if this defense gets hot uh, at the right time and you add Derwin James and Joey Bosa back to it uh, at some point down the stretch here, that's huge, right? Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, some of those like uh, Giants teams that just caught lightning in a bottle on defense, you know, particularly that first Super Bowl run that they had. And, you know, like the really dominant player on defense is Michael Strahan. But aside from that, they, they didn't, you know, have dominant players. Uh, and so for them to kind of, you know, get hot at the right time on defense, support, you know, an offense that maybe was struggling a little bit, kind of like the Chargers right now, sadly, although Justin Herbert's better than Eli Manning. Um, you know, I, I just thought overall, this is sort of a really great promising performance going forward uh, for this Chargers team, especially as they get down into the playoffs. And there's not a ton of elite defenses uh, on the AFC in the playoffs. So if the Chargers can get hot at the right time and, you know, improve the offense from week to week, you know, this could be a really dangerous team to play in the playoffs, assuming that they get there. Um, so just a couple other defensive notes to go through. Uh, I want to say that the Chargers held, uh, per Daniel Popper, the Titans to one for nine on third down. Uh, that's huge. Um, I, I did not expect that good uh, of a performance in that way. So the Chargers have certainly improved third down defense. That was a huge problem entering the, uh, the Dolphins game where they just gave up so many of these third and long conversions. And that is probably the biggest individual problem that the defense has had. Because once you give up those third and long conversions, the defense is out there for a long time. They get winded. They get tired. It's just such a backbreaker, you know, killer, whatever you want to call it, in terms of those defensive drives. So for the Chargers to have really rounded well here and get pressure on third down uh, without trying to try too hard to manufacture it, I think that is a huge win for them. Uh, this is from Eric Smith. The Chargers defense had four sacks today their most in a game since week six. Uh, that is Gaziano, Tranquil, Van Noy, and Rumpf. Uh, and overall, like, that's a really good thing. Now, how much of that is the Titans' offensive line situation, plus Tannehill getting injured, um, and obviously not having the full access to his mobility? You know, you can kind of debate that. Um, I, that's not something that, like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say this is like, oh, the defensive line is completely fixed. But for the Chargers to have this kind of performance... Um, after, you know, not having this kind of defensive performance since week six. Um, I do think that says a lot about the character of their defensive depth, uh, you know, just kind of focusing up for this game in particular. Um, let's talk about the offense. Uh, I will now present to you Twitter's uh, reaction to Joe Lombardi. Uh, so you can read a couple of these if you want to on the screen. Uh, but yeah. People, people, not big fans of Joe Lombardi. Um, and I got to say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the worst Joe Lombardi game uh, that I personally can remember as, as the Chargers def- as Chargers offensive coordinator. Obviously, would have to go back because, you know, do I remember every game from last year? No. Um, but it just felt like it was pulling teeth to get this offense down the field. And I think it was partially because of what Joe Lombardi was calling um, in terms of these like really short routes that were short of the sticks, particularly on third down and, you know, not scheming more separation. Now, again, part of the separation issue is that you have a, a lot of receivers that particularly without Jalen Guyton can't separate, right? Keenan Allen has regressed as a separator in that regard. Mike Williams separation is not his game. That's not what they pay him really to do. Uh, DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer kind of mid in those respects, right? Like they can get open, but they're not going to separate a lot from their defenders per se. Um, so yeah, like that's part of the problem on offense, but also like it is these routes that the Chargers are running, right? They're not really, Joe Lombardi isn't putting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer in positions to succeed, right? It's kind of just all about them winning their one-on-one matchups and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And that has been the issue or, you know, maybe they get like a Gerald Everett wide open, you know, play once in a while, they get a screen that breaks for like 10 yards. Um, But this was just a tough game to watch from a Lombardi play calling standpoint. And, you know, what is it with the end arounds, the DeAndre Carter, man? Like I, I got to know your fascination. Everyone knows I love DeAndre Carter. I think he's had a t- tough couple of weeks, Um, but like it's just not his game like you can't ask him to really like do end arounds like we've learned that at tons of points this season and joe lombardi still is like yeah let's let's get let's get her done uh and you know instead of the chargers having 84 yards of this game they have 74 because deandre carter lost 10 yards on that one play um that the titans like seemingly knew was coming uh the whole extent of that play um so yeah, um, look, I don't think the Chargers are going to make any decision on Joe Lombardi until the end of the year. I still stand by that. Um, but as someone who is is rather more neutral on Lombardi than I think, for example, Twitter is, this was his worst game. And if you're looking for a reason to not have him as the long-term offensive coordinator of this team, this game provided you many reasons as to why. Joe Lombardi has not put his players in a position to win consistently uh, either on their routes or what he's calling. There's just some really head scratching play calls situationally uh, in this offense. And just as a whole, like, look, at the end of the day, it is kind of a points based game. And the Chargers, when they get into the red zone, haven't been particularly successful this season. Joe Lombardi struggled with red zone play calling, too, in addition to some of the third down play calls. Um 
so yeah um i i think we're at the point where you know i don't know what the future holds for joe lombardi on this team ultimately but any chance he really has at being a long-term offensive coordinator of this team uh really feels like it's dwindling by the week because with the defense playing how it is it's very visible to see that the offense kind of is the clear weakness of this team now which is not something that you should say for a team that is quarterbacked by justin herbert has mike williams has keenan allen has austin eckler has gerald everett um just not something that we should continue saying from week to week and you know that's another thing i guess about why this lombardi stinker sticks out more than the others is you know this is the first game where joe lombardi has really had his full assortment of weapons in this game to kind of go out uh, and and put that production up. And, you know, there's no real injury bug to blame in this game from the standpoint of Joe Lombardi. Like, we're not really talking about Justin Herbert's ribs here. We're not talking about not having one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or both of them. He had both of them in this game. Um, You know, Austin Eckler went to the blue tent for a while, but overall was fine. This game, you know, you had the full assortment on the offensive line as well. No one really got injured. So this game just made Joe Lombardi look like a really weak, vanilla offensive coordinator. Um, And ultimately, if the Chargers do make the playoffs, um, if you had to pick out one thing that's kind of going to screw them, it's going to be the offensive mind of Joe Lombardi going against the offensive mind of Andy Reid. It's going to be, you know, the offensive mind of Joe Lombardi butting heads with, you know, the Zach Taylor, you know, Burrow chase offense. You know, do you really pick the Chargers to kind of win those matchups? You know, Justin Herbert can go nuclear on a week to week basis. You know, we've seen that uh, happen time and time again. But what I bet on him with this offense against those teams, that's going to be the question that Joe Lombardi is going to answer down the stretch and maybe into the postseason uh, of this 2022 campaign. But that's enough about Lombardi for now. Um, Let's let's talk about some happy things uh, about this Chargers team. Uh, let's talk about, uh, yeah, I I mentioned it before, but man, Justin Herbert just comes up with some of these throws that are just awesome to watch. Uh, I mean, you, you look at the throw to Mike Williams here on second and four hits him right in the chest. You can hear the thud, um, just the overall great throw there. Herbert had a couple, you know, you know, he had the, uh, you know, laser, uh, I want to say earlier in the game. Just a couple great throws from Justin Herbert in this game and a day where the offense could not cook anything up really to save their lives. Uh, Herbert, you know, I I don't want to say single-handedly won the Chargers this game. You give credit to Mike Williams for making that catch. Uh, You give credit to, you know, the offensive line, obviously, for being so good as well. But Justin Herbert did kind of overcome Joe Lombardi today. Uh, And I think that, you know, uh, if this game ended in a different way, uh, you know, and you didn't have Justin Herbert as your quarterback, you know, I think Joe Lombardi is getting a lot more heat than he might ultimately get from this game because of the outcome. Uh, but overall, what a game from Justin Herbert and, and Mike Williams and the whole, you know, Chargers, Chargers individual player offense making the plays when they need to be made, uh, at, you know, at the times they were made as well, I guess is what I'll say. Um, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about my, my guy, Dicker the kicker. Uh, coming in to hit a 43-yard field goal. Uh, Dicker, the kicker, now has uh, three game-winning field goals on the season, one with the Eagles against Arizona, 
uh, and with the Chargers against Atlanta and Tennessee. You know, just ice in his veins stuff. And I, I get some questions on Twitter about, like, what do you do with Hopkins next season? Uh, because it's presumably Dicker's team to the end of the year with with Hopkins on IR. Um, I don't know if the Chargers are really going to make that decision, or maybe they just keep DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Dustin Hopkins, on IR. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you trust Dicker the kicker to make long field goals consistently in the playoffs. But him getting this this kind of experience at game winning field goals, you know, this kind of success at the, at these opportunities, this is something that the Chargers have not had in a long time. Uh, and so, you know, look, kick, kicking has a lot of variance from week to week, from year to year. You hear, you know, about players really outside of Justin Tucker all the time who had a really great, you know, 2020, for example, but then fell off in 2021 and then they got cut, right? We hear about that all the time. Look, look at Dustin Hopkins, uh, you know, tenure with the Redskins, uh, or sorry, the Washington football team, sorry, the commanders and how that ended. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about stuff like that. Uh, but Dicker the Kicker has earned this job. Uh, and I, I'm really happy for him, you know, just that the Chargers finally have a kicker that they can trust uh, and that it ends up being this guy who I think as a kicker of the NFL has some pretty limitless potential. The Chargers haven't asked him to kick a lot of long field goals, and I think he did miss like a 50-yarder uh, a couple weeks ago. But I'm curious to see how Cameron Dicker keeps developing, and I, I think that he is the future kicker for this team. Obviously, there's a lot of variance in that statement, and kickers go up and down from year to year. But big credit to him for you know hitting ultimately two game-winning field goals for the Chargers uh, in big spots in games that maybe they, you know, definitely otherwise might not have won uh, against Atlanta and Tennessee otherwise. So overall, really great game for him. Um, all righty. Uh, I hope I didn't leave too much out overall. Uh, this was a really mm, satisfying Chargers win in terms of the outcome. Obviously, great defensive performance. Pretty good special teams performance as well. I'm fine of Amon Ogbonk Bamigo on that one play. Uh, but yeah, you have to be satisfied with this game in terms of the outcome, in terms of the playoff meaning, um, but definitely want to see a little bit more from the offense going forward and just hope Joe Lombardi can utilize Justin Herbert and these weapons better. But what did you guys think of the Titans game? Let me know down in the comments below. Watch the stream with Tyler and Steven. That'll be at 5 p.m. Pacific today. Uh, I am flying back to the state, so I won't be on that stream, like I said, but Hope this video was good for you in terms of, you know, recapping everything from the game. If you did miss it uh, or, you know, just maybe I had the, some of the same thoughts that you guys did. But uh, overall, bolt up and we are on to Indianapolis.